Welcome to Focus on the Future, a future planning podcast for caregivers and families supporting people with disabilities. Focus on the Future is a podcast of the ARC Minnesota, a nonprofit advocacy organization supporting people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. My name is Alicia Wolf. I'm an advocate here at the ARC Minnesota and your host for Focus on the Future. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about financial planning. Thanks for joining us. There's an interesting thing that I've learned, and it is that most people spend more time planning their annual vacation than they do planning their financial future. And that's just because a lot of people think of it like going to the dentist, I gotta have a crown or something. You know, it's a painful, they think of it as a painful experience. What I like to say is it's a powerful experience for you. And it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for you to get a hold of your finances or reassess where you are for the next phase of your life, whatever that is. Financial planning, the last of the three-legged stool that we've been discussing so far in this podcast. As you recall, the first one we talked about was legal planning and then quality of life planning and now financial planning. And by no means do these three areas create a complete picture of what you need to consider along the lines in future planning, but it's a really great place to start. So if you were thinking more globally about how to plan for the future when you have a child with a disability, these three areas tend to be the most important things. And today I wanted to illustrate this by talking with Roger Grumdahl, who is a financial planner here in the uh, greater Twin Cities area, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. Choosing to work with a financial planner can be a really great tool when you're thinking about your future. You may be an incredibly financially intelligent person, but sometimes getting a different perspective from somebody whose career is centered around financial planning can be really valuable. A financial planner can give you a different perspective, can help you organize and coordinate your financial goals, and then create a plan and how to move forward. Something that I often experience when working with families that come into the ARC or friends of mine that I'm talking to is that financial planning is a really personal thing. It comes with a lot of emotions and it can be really difficult to lay out your financial picture in front of somebody that you don't know. As Roger is going to mention a bit in his interview is that he works with people across the wealth spectrum and people that uh, don't have very many means to to people with a lot of means. And regardless of where you are on that continuum, you can create a really great financial picture to make things more comfortable for your loved one with a disability in the future. And so there are options regardless of where you're starting. One more note before I dive into the interview with Roger is I want to refer back to the last episode of the podcast when I sat down and I talked with Tori. And we were discussing that one of the core components to living a good life out of those five, one of them is wealth. And Tori said that this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be a billionaire to live a good life. But what it means is that you have the access and the resources to the financial means to do things that make you happy. So if it was important for me to plant flowers in my garden every spring, and that made me happy, then part of my complete future plan would be 
being able to have the financial means to do that. Now, this is like personal financial means, but it also includes formal financial means, meaning like um, county services to support somebody in having access to maybe different wavered services or housing services or employment services. So when you're thinking about a financial picture for the future, think about those two aspects. Now, you never know what's going to happen with formal services and supports. You don't know what's going to happen with the state budget. Um, And even though you want to be able to use those resources moving forward, it's not something that we can rely on, which makes year by year doing financial planning even that much more important. And today I wanted to illustrate this by talking with Roger Grumdahl, who is a financial planner here in the greater Twin Cities area of Minneapolis. Roger is a 27-year veteran financial planner with Eagle Strategies, LLC, a registered investment advisor and financial services professional with New York Life Securities, LLC, member FINRASIPC, a licensed insurance agency at 3600 Minnesota Drive, Suite 100, Edina, Minnesota, 55435. They can be reached at 952-897-5000. He is the father of Chrissy, a 41-year-old daughter with special needs. Early in his career, Roger recognized the need for financial planning for those families with special need family members. He uses state-of-the-art tools in his professional and personal lives to bring valuable help to the families and community. Roger has been featured on CARE 11 TV and WCCO radio, as well as both local and national print media sources for his expertise. He has presented at many venues, including the ARC Minnesota. Welcome, Roger. Thanks, Alicia. This is a great honor for me to work with the ARC of Minnesota and to bring some helpful insights to our audience. When I got into financial planning 27 years ago, early on I realized that there's a connection between financial planning and what our family had experience with Krista, that being uh, there's a need for planning for the, few, for the next week, but also you know mm-hmm. the end of life and anywhere in between. And that planning is especially important when you have special needs like we have in our family with Krista. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it creates a whole additional dynamic to right. consider. Right. And have you, if I could ask a personal question, sure. have you done all the financial planning things that you need to, like set up your will and yes. your trust? Yes. Uh, the first thing we did is we went to uh, the uh, an estate planning firm here in uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis area, and we uh, met with the lawyer. Uh, this is back in the day before 1992 when the laws changed in Minnesota and much of the nation that provided for special and supplemental needs trust. Prior to that, basically the plan was uh, if you have more than one child, you would disinherit that mm-hmm. child with special needs is what we did initially. Uh, subsequently, the laws changed. And by that point, I was just entering the career about the same time the laws uh, changed in 1991-2-3. And so I became aware that there's other planning that can be done, not just legal planning. Uh, the legal planning is what lawyers do. I'm not a lawyer. What I do is help people per- figure out a financial path that accompanies that legal path. So resources that they can develop over their lifetime for the benefit of not only themselves and other family members, but particularly with regard to someone like my daughter Chrissy, who has special needs and will probably 
outlive us by some time. I know that as a New York Life employee, you can't provide any tax or legal or accounting information, um, much in the same way that Jason from episode two, an attorney, wouldn't really be the best person to reach out for financial planning advice. But we often find here at the ARC that it is important to do financial planning as well as legal planning at the same time. Would you say that this is true? It's, it's really a great idea to do it because you can coordinate everything together. I didn't actually answer your earlier question. We have all our ducks in a row. We have, okay. <laughs> we have a trust. We have a special needs trust. I'm, I'm sorry, a supplemental needs trust uh, in place. Uh, we have our trustees, guardianships in place, and, and successor trustees for our trust and for guardianship. So we've done all our homework. And that was part of my learning, having going through that personally I said, this applies to a lot of our client base that is out there, either people we know or people that we'll meet. And so having gone through it, uh, it helped prepare me. When you did your financial plan and you continued to do it and make sure that your supplemental needs trust and your will and everything are all straight away, how does that make you feel emotionally? Well, uh, for me... Um, and I would, I would extend that to my wife and family. We're, we're very happy with the fact that we've done the planning. And in fact, I have a meeting scheduled for our estate elder loss state planning attorney that deals with our, our information yet uh, this month to meet and go over a review of that. We do that every couple of years, just to right. make sure everything is in order. Uh, so we feel good about it. Um, it's a, it's a real uh, eye opener when you actually do it because uh, it's one thing to think about well what's going to happen or worry about what's going to happen. If you have a plan, it it solidifies the fact of your own mortality, which takes some emotional readiness. You just have to be willing to admit to yourself and others that uh, you know. You're a mortal being. You're not going to live forever. And I had a I had a client in a seminar early on that was 96 years old, lived on the farm, had a 70 year old special needs, a son with special needs, and uh, asked her in an interview, um, "What would you like to do first in your financial planning?" And she said, "I'm not quite ready <laughs> at age 96." You know, reality is hard for us all, whether we're 96 or 26 uh, or whatever, uh, to face the facts of life, that this is a fact of life. A generation or two ago, people didn't live uh, past a certain age. For example, Down syndrome, uh, average Down syndrome life expectancy, 1930, was nine years old. Today, it's 65 to 70 years old. Yeah. And so there's lots of reason for that. We won't go into the in this podcast. But the point is, a lot of these people that have special needs will outlive their family, their caregivers, even their siblings. And then who's there? What plan is in place? Who's there to care for them? What structure? You know, a a program like ARC goes out of their way to provide resources to the community to help in those scenarios, and lots of scenarios. Uh, But ultimately, the family, hopefully, is going to do some planning. And that's where Absolutely. I come in. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And as I say to families all the time, it's less expensive and less of a headache to do the planning than to not do the planning. Absolutely. You know, it's the best gift that you can give to your family to yeah. do that planning and to, to face that, even though it's terrifying sometimes. Right. 
1993, OBRA, the Omnibus Budget and Reconciliation Act, came into play, which allowed special needs and supplemental needs trusts. And so while it is a federal act, each state administers trusts differently. And it's important to check with your attorney for your state's current policy. We recommend that um, in these conversations, we're talking about Minnesota law specifically, and this trust information is usually applicable to other states, but it's really important to check with your specific um, financial and legal advisors. But my question to you is, how did OBRA change how people plan for the future? You know, before before 92, when the law changed, you could dis, you would disinherit your, mm-hmm. your family members. Then special needs and supplemental needs trust came into being. And now you don't have to disinherit them. Uh, and so it, it gives an opportunity that wasn't there, and you don't have to worry about losing assets because you put them in a trust. If your trust is done well uh, and you have a good administrator and all the things you handle properly, um, you provided an ongoing stream of support for that person when government supports are always in question. And currently, and they've always been, doesn't matter what the political climate is, they're always in question, and that's why places like ARC and other uh, nonprofits are so vital because they, they provide some safety net. But ultimately, depending just on the government, is probably not a good plan. Yeah, and that's what you talk to people about is yes. how to use your assets to right. make sure that your child has a good life moving forward. Right. And a lot of times people say, I don't know, um, I don't have a lot of assets, or my assets are allocated to retirement or this or that. And what I say is, um, you want to start some type of a plan, even if it's very modest, a few dollars a month or a few dollars a year put aside. Uh, and we have vehicles in the financial service industry, things like life insurance, annuities, where you can multiply the effect of your your uh, contribution to that program over time. And so uh, a lot of my clients recognize that they can have their retirement fund. They can have their other stuff. They can even build, look for options like a second home or start a small business or all those kind of things. But they can also then have a fund set aside using life insurance or other products we offer uh, or structuring their their assets that they have now in such a way that it'll be there for uh, the future, for the future need, which is likely to be there. It's likely to be a need. We find that families often have a hard time getting started with financial and legal planning, even if they know that it's something they must do. Right. And it's important to start early because not everyone is insurable as we get older, Mm -hmm. start having problems with health or even as a young person. So I encourage people, even if their means are limited, that they start uh, sooner rather than later, get emotionally ready and take those steps. And so I'm looking at my wife across the table. I said... We went to the lawyer and got a will. You know, it's kind of what got us off square one. So I think it's important to face the facts that, yeah, we're, something could happen. could happen anytime. We, we all know it, yeah. but actually accepting that. Yeah. Often people need that push to plan. We hear a lot here at the ARC from families saying, I'm taking my first trip to Europe in 20 years. There's a lot up in the air right now. Help. And we believe that it's important, though, to plan regardless of whether you have that retirement trip planned or if you're young and have a new baby. You know, I say I say that the earlier you start to plan, the better, but it's never too late. 
That's a very good motto to have, and I, I support that same philosophy. Um, and what I what I mentioned to clients too is, you know, we uh, we as human beings, we're going to do everything we can to make your rock solid in your plan. Uh, but we can only do so much. We're limited by resources, by if you're healthy or not, all those kinds of things. We what we will do is we'll make your situation and the situation for your loved ones, including those with special needs, we'll make it as good as we can. We'll take what you have, the resources, the time, the health, all the things that come into play, and make it as good a plan as we can, as foolproof as we can. It might not be perfect, but it'll be a you know our best effort. Um, and so I have a lot of people that come in that have done some legal planning. For example, they work with other financial people. Uh, and the first thing I always do is say, let's do a review of your documents. Uh, let's do a review of your financial things. We do that. And just about two weeks ago, my last meeting like that, uh, the client, I went through all the planning checklists. They had everything done. And I said, well, let's just do a review of your legal documents. And they were well prepared. They brought the legal documents, sent it to one of my lawyer friends. They, she reviewed it. And said, well, they got a couple of issues here. Here, The laws have changed since 10 years ago when they did this plan. So it's kind of confirmation that, yeah, it's important to get a review, get a second opinion. Yeah, and to update yeah. it. Absolutely. And just update things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so so when people come to you, I'm sure that a lot of people are kind of lost in the process of financial planning because money isn't natural to everybody, right? <laughs> what do you, how do you talk about those first steps in financial planning? What are, how do you start with people that are um, lost? We get the feelings out as much as possible and the concerns. We document it. I do. And then we get all the financials and the financials basically are two parts. One is let's talk about your income and what you're spending your money on. You can say a budget. Nobody I know has a budget. Okay. So, and our government has a budget and they're in a deficit, so whatever, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, so not too many people I know have a budget. There are a few, but we develop a budget. We do actually sit, not, not at that meeting. We just gather information and then I put together a written budget for them and help them see their financial picture in a clear way. And then the other piece is what assets do you have? So what real estate you might have, houses and second houses, uh, timeshare, whatever it is. And then also uh, retirement, things like that. Uh, what debts do you bring to the table? Mortgages, credit cards, stuff that everybody has. You know, what do those debts look like? And then I help them to create uh, their net worth. So they get a clear picture of this is where we are. Mm-hmm. And then I take that, I put that in a formal plan, a written formal plan for them. And, and along with their goals and their concerns and their feelings. And then from that meeting, that initial meeting, then we have an initial draft of a plan. I say, well, you know, uh, here's the five things you were concerned about. Here's the top three that you said were most important. Um, Here's your feelings about it. Here's your goals about it. Here's your worries about it. And here's the steps you've taken. And then here's the resources you bring, including your income and assets. And, you know, here's a couple of pathways you could take. You know, so you help people create a written plan to see it all out on paper, and then you say there are three or four different options to move right. forward here as far as future right. planning goes, and here they are, mm-hmm. and then you let people choose. Yeah, they choose. They the 
the client is always in charge of the process. And I always say the first option is to do nothing. <laughs> that is the first option. Yeah. And a lot of people choose that for decades. They just choose. Like hey, a 96-year-old woman. Yeah, who not ready. Then. Not ready. Yeah. So we get that out there and it's, and it's an option to do nothing, to change nothing. And that's okay with me. I just want to be the person that provides you with the information, a clear picture. At um, least the information of what can happen, what right. the possibilities are, what your choices are. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that gives people a chance to see their picture uh, uh, quite well. And it's very interesting because I work with people all over the spectrum for wealth. I have people with millions of dollars. That's a small group of my clients. The majority of my clients are working people that have some means, but they're not, you know, uh, uh, living uh, in a 5000 or $5 million home or something. Yeah. Uh, most of my clients are uh, that way. And I have some clients on the low end where they don't have a lot of assets, maybe no assets, maybe on public assistance. And I've had some of my most, most successful cases with people who are very limited in their financial picture, but have a will to do something. Yeah. And they find a way, and I help them find a way. So to do something, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that a lot of people feel shame about money that they maybe don't have or right. mistakes that they made in the past, right. and that can be a big deter to going and talking to somebody about moving forward because it's such a sensitive subject. Absolutely, and um, you know, I think it's. Uh, I had a biz. I have a business degree from the University of Minnesota Duluth, where I'm from. Duluth, my wife and I are from Duluth. And um, uh, when I went to my my own experience with financial people, I had a I had a, a representative calling us, and I was embarrassed at our situation. I was also embarrassed that I didn't really understand much about this before I got into the field of it. This was before I was in the field. And uh, he approached me, and it took me, my wife was ready day one, took me to get emotionally ready, took a year. Mm-hmm. I put him on, kept pushing him off for a year until <laughs> he was so nice and so persistent. And my wife was like, Roger, <laughs> <laughs> you needed it. We got to do something. Every angle, you need to be yeah. <laughs> and, and we ended up uh, doing a, a very, very important plan and, and developed some goals. and worked on some putting some money away a little bit at a time and it, it literally changed my life our life I mean our life is very different than it was back then and a great deal of that is because of that uh, persistence of that representative helping us uh, come to the face the reality of life and and start getting uh, I w- what I'll say is more emotionally mature about mm-hmm. our finances and our situation and also our goals, wanting to identify our goals and what they were. And we actually started t- clicking them off and checking them off. And it was really fun to, to see that. So, right. And I'll never forget the first trip we took to Europe, which was one of our goals. And when we put it down, it's like, yeah, right. I can hardly afford to go to Duluth, <laughs> you know, Yeah. and I've got enough gas to get up to Duluth. Anyway, uh, we went, we spent a 10-day trip, took our oldest two boys with us, and my wife was the one who made that, you know, made that plan and helped us. We worked together. We put money away. We started getting, we got a Euro pass, you know, we got the airline tickets. Right. Next thing you know, we got some money put us, and we went to Europe, spent 10 days, and we went to London and Paris and Munich 
and went on the train and, uh, you know. How long did it take you from when you set that goal to when you arrived in Europe? Uh, Ten years. Ten years. Ten years. So it's, I think that that's a beautiful story because it says that even, even if the journey is going to take a bit, it doesn't mean that it's not worth starting now. Right. You know, I think having good intentions is fine. But you have to follow that up with the action. You have to take some, and and it's little steps. It's it's not giant leaps for most people. There's exceptions, of course, but for most people, taking that next little step is where the action is. That's where the the change occurs, and then you you get a little success, so you take a little bigger step. There's an interesting thing that I've learned, and it is that pe- most people spend more time planning their annual vacation than they do planning their financial future. And that's just because a lot of people think of it like going to the dentist. I got to have a crown or something. You know, it's a painful. They think of it as a painful experience. What I like to say is it's a powerful experience for you. And it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity for you to get a hold of your finances or reassess where you are for the next phase of your life, whatever that is. Yeah, and it's whatever age you are. Again, the sooner the better, but you can do it at any time. Roger is offering investment advisory services through Eagle Strategies, LLC. A registered investment advisor is an agent with New York Life Insurance Company and registered representative offering securities through New York Life Securities, LLC, member FINRA SIPC, a licensed insurance agency. The general office address is 3600 Minnesota Drive, Suite 100, in Edina, Minnesota, 55435. The phone number is 952-897-5000. Roger does not practice law or provide accounting and tax services. I ended up loving my conversation with Roger. I really had no idea what to expect when I sat down with him which I'm sure is something that brings a lot of people anxiety when they first sit down with a financial planner. But I, I felt like he understood the pain that can come with talking about money. And he was also really understanding of it's a different journey for everybody. And when it comes down to it, I think that there are two different kinds of financial planners. Some have a product to sell that once a financial planner creates a picture for you and gets all your information together, then they say, okay, this is what you want for your financial future. You can purchase a life insurance policy or something similar to that to help you acquire that. So there's some financial planners that also will help you purchase a different program and then they can get a commission based off of that. Or there are also financial planners that are fiduciaries, where it is their job to help people manage their wealth and understand their options in that and aren't necessarily attached to anything that's commission-based. Now, I'm sharing this information just so that you know, not to say that there is a value judgment based off of one financial planner's job or another, um, but it's just something to consider, a different question that you can ask when you are out searching for financial planners. and. Overall, when you're on that search for a financial planner, I would say trust your gut and work with somebody that you feel comfortable with. Because like Roger said, you are going to be laying out your entire financial situation and talking about a future and what needs to happen to get to your goals, your financial goals. As I've also mentioned, that can be 
a really vulnerable place to be. So working with somebody that you feel comfortable with and feel like you can talk with and have a good relationship will make that whole process much easier. So as you're shopping, just try to listen to your gut and consider that as well. If you don't decide to work with a financial planner and you want to do it on your own, I would recommend that you write down all of the different financial things that you have in your life. So if you have a mortgage or a 401k or a life insurance policy and put that all down so that you can see it on paper and then think about your goals, what you want, and then what needs to change from your current situation to get there. And that is going to be my homework, quote unquote, or the takeaway that you can get from this episode is, and that would be helpful even if you are going to a financial planner or not, is to start to put it all down on paper, write it out so that you can see visually where your finances are currently. Doing the combination of the legal planning and the financial planning can be a great resource and a great gift that you're giving to your loved ones. And you're saying, That I'm going to put all of this work together and coordinate all these different things so that when I pass away, it's one less thing that you have to worry about. I've already set up my financial plans. I know that there's going to be as much money as I can set aside for that. And it's going to be set aside in a way that is not going to negatively impact anybody. And that's a really, really amazing gift that you can give to somebody. And why legal and financial planning are two of the three legs of that stool of financial planning. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Focus on the Future, focused on financial planning. If this episode inspired questions for an advocate at the ARC, please give us a call at 833-450-1494. Focus on the Future brings you interviews with experts in different fields related to future planning. The ARC doesn't endorse one expert over another. We encourage you to find the right fit for your family and your needs. In next week's episode, we are going to be talking about ABLE accounts. ABLE accounts are a great financial resource specifically for people with disabilities to plan for the future. Very basically, the ABLE account allows people to save up to $15,000 a year without it affecting any benefits that they're currently receiving. Tune in to learn more about the ABLE account and how it can be a good resource for you and your family. Focus on the Future is a podcast of the ARC Minnesota. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite streaming service to stay up to date with all of the newest episodes. If you're enjoying listening, please support the podcast and our mission by donating at arcminnesota.org slash podcast. Our podcast music is composed and recorded by Micah Cadwell. Micah is a talented guitarist from New Brighton, Minnesota, who also has autism. Thank you, Micah. Focus on the Future is co-produced and marketed by Chloe Alf and sound engineered by Brent Nelson. Thank you, Chloe and Brent. And thank you for joining us. Have a great day.